Just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, Goldfinch Title. Thank you so much. Goldfinch Title is backed by Trident Abstract out of Wall Township, New Jersey, and they are a leader in their industry. Trident has been in business since 1976. At Goldfinch, they have specialized teams ready to respond with solutions tailored to your... This ensures that you receive maximum responsiveness, cost effectiveness, and efficiency. In partnering with our growing network of offices around the globe, they have the flexibility to service national and multinational customers. Communication is key, and from the moment your offer is accepted, Goldfinch representatives will walk you through every single step of the process. Goldfinch has been vetted by most major banks and lenders, and they offer full settlement services, making the process with them simple and completely cohesive. Call 732-547-2242 today to get your quote or to learn more about the company. They look forward to servicing all of your title needs. Let's get into the podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike Greco with Real Talk, the number one real estate podcast in New Jersey. And today I have a very, very, very special guest, Ricky Carruth. We came all the way to Alabama for this interview. And it's a pleasure to sit with you finally and get to do this podcast. So how are you doing? How's life? How's business? Good, man. Good. I can't believe you guys came all the way down here yeah. <laughs> from from New Jersey. But I like that, man. The number one real estate podcast in New Jersey. We're making that I'm claim. sure there's a lot of podcasts <laughs> in New Jersey. <laughs> we have no, I have no idea how many there are, but we're making the claim until it just becomes reality, hopefully, speaking into existence. I hear you. But um, yeah, we wanted to get you on here because you're obviously, you know, very heavily involved on social media and real estate and you have a lot of insightful content, insightful information and a lot of knowledge on the market. So we thought it'd be great to, you know, come down here and get to talk to you. No, I'm glad you did. It was it was surprising. <laughs> it was surprising. Yeah, we pulled through. Um, so recently I saw you just got a Tesla. How do you like that, that car now? You know, Game I ordered changer? it last night, actually. We... Uh, me and my wife flew to Atlanta because that's the closest place there is to test drive one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So we had to fly there. We flew there and back Saturday. Oh, wow. Test drove one, a uh, Model S, and uh, and flew back. So we hung out there for a couple hours and stuff and came back. Nice. So the biggest thing was the uh, when you let off the gas, the car literally stops. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, so... It stops like instantly, like very yeah, abruptly. Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, it literally. Like I didn't touch the brakes one time. You really? Know? Have you? You never drove? No, I've never driven yeah, one like, That was the most. That was the biggest difference. You know, I wasn't expecting that. So yeah. we're riding around town, um, downtown Atlanta. You know, I never touched the brakes once. You know, um, stop wow. signs, red lights, people walking across the street and stuff. Um, and so when you're not used to it. You're used to letting off the gas, coasting a little bit, hitting the brakes. You know, <laughs> you're not used to it. You kind of let off the gas a little too early because you think you're going to coast, and all of a sudden you stop. Right. And so it kind of jerks you forward. Right. <laughs> and then it's time to go. So you hit the gas. You're not used to the power, and it kind of jerks you back this way. Yeah. And so we're kind of rocking back and forth the whole time all around. Oh, that's town. interesting. And then I punched it a couple times, you know, not knowing the power, so that it, it puts you back in your seat. So by the time we got out of there, you know, we were like seasick. Yeah. You know, yeah. we we're like. You know, um, didn't feel that great. <laughs> I don't know if I like this car. You know right, what I right. Mean? It's like a learning curve a little yeah, bit. it was. It was. But, you know, after about 24 hours, I got to thinking about it. I was like, I think I can get used to it. Because the last time we, um, the last, when we got right, right before we got back to the dealership, I wanted to see really how much power it had. Yeah. So I punched it really hard. <laughs> and, <laughs> I think goes. I've heard. And my wife. We didn't talk for like five minutes. Like there was zero <laughs> words because we were that freaked out by the power. It was insane. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. And they shipped it pretty quick, I guess. No, I don't have it. Oh, you don't, don't have, have it yet? It. No, no, I ordered it. Oh, yeah, I ordered it. yeah. And 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 actually, it was kind of quick because they've already told me I have a VIN number that's assigned to me. Asked me if I want to pick it up in person or deliver. So I think they're already, you know, I think it's gonna get here pretty quick. So nice. no, I don't have it yet. Um, literally last night I hit sent or submitted, um, to buy it and, uh, yeah, I mean, nice. yeah, yeah so. it's awesome. I'm surprised Georgia's the closest location. It is. That's yeah, surprising. It was, it was crazy. I, I would it think was Florida crazy. maybe. I told myself that I was going to get a Tesla when I got to a certain point with my coaching business. Okay. And, uh, I'm way past that point. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, even when I got to the point where I told myself I was going to 
you know, treat myself and kind of give myself a, a little celebration gift kind of deal. Yeah. I still didn't do it at that point. You know, I'm like, I'm probably like a year past that. That's that awesome. Point that I actually told myself I was going to get one, but I'm also getting one that's a lot more expensive than I thought I was going to give myself too. So. Right. Right. So how's the coaching program going? How many students do you have right now? Right now we're up to 33,000. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Worldwide, all over the place. You know, I have a really big uh, following in all these other countries and stuff. Like I have a big following in Brazil, really? South Africa, N- Nigeria. Um, I have some, some agents in Italy, of course, tons in Canada, um, you know, not just the U.S. So it's really interesting how far, you know, the, the reach of the Internet is and how, I mean, I didn't go out and say, oh, I want to you know, I want to coach agents all over the world. You know, these, these people just find you, Yeah. you know, on yeah. YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, you know, and they start following along. And I mean, it's, it's stuff that applies to everybody, you know, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, relationships are universal, you know what I mean? And so that's mm. the main thing about my coaching program. And it's like, people just want to know you care about them. You know, they don't care. You know, it doesn't matter what country you're in or what industry you're in. You know, people right. just want to know that the person that they're doing business with cares about them, you know, and the level that they care about them dictates how much they trust you and want to do business with you. You know, right, right. to me, it's universal across all platforms, industries, countries. Right. You know? Everybody can understand that. Because- I think that what I do is kind of uh, translates into every every types of sales, not even sales, just every types of business and life and you know what i mean right. so it's relationships i think it's just a matter of time before my stuff goes a little more mainstream like i'm so concentrated oh, yeah. on just agents right now because that's the industry i'm in and that's who i really want to help yeah but it's just a matter of time before i organically move into all these other industries you yeah. know and really yeah, kind of go more mainstream and that's when you're going to see my following really explode oh yeah i'm sure you know when i start hitting those kind of things but i'm not forcing it i'm just taking my time you know, continuing to post the content and just try to, you know, not worry about views and followers and, and all these other things and likes and shares and all that stuff. Yeah. Just continuing to put out the constant, the consistent, you know, original content that I feel like is going to help people. Providing value. And yeah. Just- yeah. And then just let whatever happens, happens. You know, I can only be the best me I can be, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, the reason I brought up Tesla, I wanted to tie into that a little bit is that I feel like the way that you market yourself, your coaching, and you know, you as a realtor as a whole is similar to Tesla's way of marketing because I don't see any commercials for Tesla. I don't see any advertisements. I don't get YouTube ads for it or anything, it, but it's value provided and people are talking about it mm-hmm. and it's referral based in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear your friend has a Tesla. You, so many people have heard great things about Tesla, but they do little to no advertising mm-hmm. besides their keynotes, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's similar to what you do with your coaching programs and getting referrals from agents around the country. It's very relationship based and referral based. So I, I saw a little bit of a link there between those two things. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to your podcast and I think you had said on a recent episode that you have not done a cold call in over 10 years. Uh, four years since four two, years, three years, two, 2017, the beginning of 2017. Okay. Um, I literally, you know, up to that point, I, uh, you know, I, I made a hundred thousand cold calls and I was still pushing, 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 trying to build my business. Hmm. And when you get your business up to a certain point, um, and you're making the kind of money once you, you know, if you continue to build in terms of new prospects coming into your sphere, you know, that's building your business. When you're just living off your sphere, past clients and referrals, that's just maintaining your business. You're just, if you build it up to a hundred thousand and then you quit trying to build, you just maintain with the past clients and referrals. You just make a hundred thousand forever. Right. Right. You get up to two fifty. you really push, you get up to two fifty. You you just come back and just relax on your database and your past clients and referrals. You're going to stay at two fifty. Right. Consistent. Even though you're doing new business with new referrals that never knew you, you know, they're coming in from people that do know you. They told, you know, told them about you. They come in. That's still new business, but there's no exponential growth. The only exponential growth is when you're pushing, 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 trying to talk to more people. Right. They've never heard of Make you. new connections. Yes. And, and making those connections and bringing them into your sphere. That's when you see exponential growth year over year. Mm. And then when you get it up to the, to, the, to the size of income that you want, then you can relax on your sphere of influence and your past clients and referrals. And you'll make, you should maintain that 
that level of income. Mm. So that's literally what I did. I, but I took it to the extreme. Like I kept pushing, pushing, pushing until I got to a million dollars. Right. 2017 was the first year I hit a million dollars. And then, you know, I, then now I'm just, since then I've just been resting on that huge database that I built past clients and referrals and referrals of referrals. So that database is 19,000 people. You know, the only thing I do for my business right now for my real estate business is a weekly email. Yeah. So like I don't use social media in my real estate business. I don't make call, cold calls, direct mail, you know, postcards, you know, open houses, networking events, you know, Zillow, Facebook, nothing, right? Nothing. Wow. Just a weekly email. So there's no paid um, lead sources at not all. Not at all. Zero. It's amazing. I never did really any paid lead sources except for finding property owners' phone numbers. Right. You know? Red X. So I, uh, there's 19,000 people that get this email that I've been sending out every Wednesday since 2007. Right. And it's literally the secret to everything I do. Yeah. It's the foundation. It allows me to continue selling a hundred properties a year, do the million dollars a year and have time to go build other businesses, you know, and spend more time with my family. I mean, five o'clock I'm done, That's you know, awesome. five, between five and six, somewhere in there, most of the time, right at five, you know, I'm done. I'm shutting mm. down. I don't want to think about work. I want to relax, spend time with the family, that kind of thing. But during the day, you know, the, the hours that I used to spend prospecting all day, now I spend building other businesses while I'm kind of just maintaining my real estate business and yeah. continuing to knock down those hundred deals a year and that million dollars. But I got 19,000 people in that database getting that weekly email, 5,000 open it up every week. This mm -hmm. is a concentrated group of people who either own property in my area or have one time talked about possibly owning property right. in the area. Um, you know, it's not just, you know, a bunch of emails are bought somewhere and plugged in there. These are, this is a concentrated, if I wanted to go buy emails, I could have hundreds of thousands of emails, right? This is a very concentrated, high quality, you know, database Specific, of property yeah. owners in the area or people that thought about buying at one point, you know, that are keeping up with the market. I mean, if you got 19,000 people in a database, mm. 5,000 are opening that thing up every week. That's, that's a strong, I mean, it doesn't really get good any numbers. better. I mean, if you have 5,000 engaged people who are opening your email, seeing your name every week, yeah, reading what you have every week, yeah. right? That's, a, that's, that's, that's an incredible thing just to even think about that happening. Definitely. What would you say to an agent who's asking for advice? Let's say, you know, to get to where you got to, it took a while to build up that database of those emails. And, you know, maybe they have a thousand people in their email database. How would you give them advice to lead generate every day? Well, you know, first you have to think about, okay, what, what is a lead, right? To me, you know, a lot of people look at um, leads, you know, Zillow leads and Facebook leads and, you know, um, all these different paid lead sources right. or, you know, open house leads or, you know, expires and for sale by owners. And you look at all these lead sources and all this stuff. Mm. And, you know, for me, I look at all that and I think, you know, okay, um, what is a lead? Mm. And to me, a lead is a human being in the market, right? And who's the most efficient lead? The most efficient lead is the the lead that makes you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. So who are those leads? Mm. They're property owners that already own the exact type of property you want to sell. Right. They already know the process of buying and selling. They already know insurance, taxes, maintenance, utility. They already know everything. You don't have to educate them on any of that stuff. Closing costs, how to get loans. They already know it all. They've already done it. Right. You, you can skip all the education and go straight to, okay, this is what I want. Let's go get it. Let's write the contract. Let's negotiate. Let's close the deal. Right. 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 And so there's so much easier. Um, you make more money in the least amount of time and you get to target the exact property owners you want. Mm -hmm. So a lead to me is just a human being in the market. Now to take it a step further, when I think of all the things you can do to generate leads, right. And let's just, let's just say a bad word real quick, you know, cold calling. <laughs> and so, so you think about cold, not calling, a bad word. You think about cold calling and you think about, all the people that won't do it, right? Yeah. The people that won't do it. Okay. Now, what are those people doing to build their business, right? What are what are a few things that that people that don't cold call? What are a few things that, that they do to build their business? Open houses, postcards. Okay. Paying for leads. Okay. Okay. All that, everything you just told me right there. Okay. Let's say they pay for a lead. All right. On Zillow. Sure. Okay. Zillow. They yeah. pay for a lead on Zillow. The lead comes into their email or something. Now what do they do? 
They have to cold call it. Call them right then. <laughs> and then what happens? And then what happens? They have no experience talking on the phone. Well, well, that, but also the lead that you call, they don't know who you are. They don't know what you want. They're not really interested in necessarily buying or selling anything right now. They don't have a preference, really, of who they're right. going to work with. Right. They, they, they're, they're just, it's literally a cold call. Right. It's literally <laughs> a cold call. They don't know you. Yeah. They, they're not ready to do anything. It's literally a cold. So we're right back to cold call. So what do we do? We spend $150 not to cold call to turn right around and cold call somebody, right? right? When we could have called, and, it, and this is a random person on our market that doesn't want to do anything. When we could have spent two cents and called a targeted property owner that owns the exact $600,000, million, $200,000 property we want to sell. Right. Right? And so when I think about buying leads, those are the kind of things I think about. When I think about open houses, you're doing an open house. So you don't have to make cold calls. Open house isn't bad if you're using it for the right thing, which is, for, to me, an open house is just an excuse to talk to the other owners in the neighborhood to see if to invite them or to see. Yeah, use, I love open use, houses. That's how I started. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to me, open house is just an excuse to talk to the other owners in the subdivision and see how they're doing and see, yeah. you know, try to make a connection. But most people aren't doing that because that's what they're trying to get away from. They're trying to get away mm. from talking to strangers and stuff. Yeah. And the one reason they're they're scared of cold calling and talking to strangers is because they're in this mindset that when they do that they're bothering them that they're automatically not they're assuming that they're not interested they're assuming that you know they don't want to hear from them they're assuming that you know that they're going to think that the person calling is just there to try to sell them something right right if you stand behind your intentions that you're there to help them and you're just calling to say listen something sold is there anything i can do for you yeah you shouldn't care what any you're not trying to say you didn't even ask them if they want to buy or sell anything that's what i think is great about your script so why would you care what somebody thinks if they come at you and say oh well i'm not selling or i'm not this and why are you calling me and all this i'm like look i don't know what side of the bed you woke up on this morning <laughs> but <laughs> look man i didn't i didn't call to see if you want to sell your house yeah i don't know who you've been talking to but i'm just calling to see if there's something i could do to help you and give you this market information right so offering you know? them value basically non right very non-confrontational no exactly. pressure and that's what most people are trying to run away from the confrontation and they don't realize there's a way that you can do it and communicate without the confrontational, right. you know, 1980s methods right. that everybody else is trying to teach you. Yeah. But, but I mean, to take it a step further, leads, open houses, Facebook, Zillow, you know, all the type of leads, everything that you do, social media, um, networking events, postcards. I mean, postcards and letters. I mean, let's give, give me a break, man. You're, you're sending out a card hoping somebody will call you back, right? Right. What, what happens when they call you back? You're on the phone with them. Here we yeah. go again. Here we go again. And they're like, well, that's a warm lead. You know, they called you and this and that. Well, well, that's fine. And that's, that's all fine and dandy. But to me, whenever you're talking to property owners, most of the time you hear them say, when, or, you know, if you're out in public or another agent or something, you'll hear them say something like, you know, I got a friend of a friend in the business or I know Always. somebody or I'm a, I got a friend in the business, right? A friend, yeah. a friend, a friend. And you, you think about that statement and you say to yourself, well, you know, the, the object here seems to be who's friends with the most property owners because they're, they're going to do business with who they feel like is their friend. Hmm. So if you break it down to, okay, now the object of real estate, the entire game broken down is who can become the most, who can, who can become friends with the most property owners in the area? Not, not trying to sell, not trying to list anything, just who has the best skills. Connections. Yeah. Who has the best skills to, to talk to people and become friends with them. Yeah. And kind of have create that rapport and that trust really quickly. Mm. That's, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole ball game wrapped up into one. So to finish the answer to the question, as far as new agents with a thousand people in their database, you know, what do you do? Nothing except for one thing. <laughs> Call property owners who own the exact property you want to sell and become friends with them. Yeah. Right? And it's unlimited. You can't call all of them. So why would we do anything? If that's the most... See, and, and anyone listening to the podcast, I would love for them to reach out to me on Instagram yeah, and tell definitely. me something better than, than what I'm saying. Like, I want to know a strategy in real estate that's better than calling property owners for two cents a piece and making as many friends as you can uh, and building a, a database full of people that get a weekly email from you forever 
right? And scratch yeah. everything else. Please tell me something better than that. Mm. I'm dying for somebody in the world. I've asked tens of thousands of people to please tell me something better than that. And I'll start doing that. Yeah. I'll start teaching that. I'll, I'll start preaching that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If there's something there, who knows? But yeah, no, it's very, um, the way you, your approach is, is very personable and down to earth. And you're just looking to make that connection. I think you had said in a, a video or a podcast, speak to them like they're your mom, like it's your family member, you know, and don't, don't be very pitchy and don't come across like you're trying to sell something. Yeah. Cause that's, that's when you don't really get that connection with that person on the, over the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I have some agents in my office who I'm going to call out right now live on the podcast who hate cold calling. They just cannot sit there for longer than Is this 30 live? minutes. No, it's not live. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah. it's not live. <laughs> but um, I have some agents in my office who I work with and we share office space and they hate calling. They can't sit there for longer than 30 minutes. They make 20 calls, whatever. Um, and they're done. They're distracted. What would, what would you say to an agent who just struggles with focusing on making the calls every day an agent that struggles with making the calls yeah what's some advice Let's see if that works we're going live on your page yeah maybe instagram if it'll Let's go do live. it y'all are gonna edit this huh yeah we yeah actually no we probably we'll, we'll leave it in Listen, make sure to leave five-star reviews on Apple Podcast. Subscribe on Spotify and subscribe on YouTube. We're going live on Ricky's Instagram, at Ricky Carruth. Follow him. All right. Here we go. Boom. All right. All right, so what do you say? So what's some advice you would give to somebody who has problems focusing? A little closer. Trouble focusing when it comes to um, cold calling consistently. Okay, somebody that has trouble cold calling consistently? Yeah. Okay, so here, distracted. Here, here's the thing, man. Like, if you, okay, <laughs> I look at it like this. If you are not making your calls and you're not making them consistently, I want to know, like, why? Like, I want to I know, I want to know why you, like, what, what's your reason? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like you tell me. Why? I want to hear your reason of why you're not making calls consistently. So, so you know your agents back home. What, yeah. what are they telling you, like, why they're not making their calls consistently? They get discouraged very easily. They'll, they'll make 20 calls, and then they will just hit a, hit a wall and be not into it or maybe get a really nasty person on the phone and be turned off to it completely for the rest of the day. I would say maybe find another career. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you're, if you're going if you, to... If, yeah. if you're here to... Like if you're here to, to provide a better life for your family and you're here to, you know, go big and stuff like everybody's talking about, but you make 20 calls and you quit. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's anything you can tell that person. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause I, I've seen this time and time and time again and I'll ask people, okay, what are you so scared of? And they'll literally look at me right in my eyes and tell me, I don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? The, the big, the, the most frequent answer I get is, is I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know why I don't, I won't make the calls. I don't understand, you know, and, and they're like, I'm like, come on, you know, and they say, oh, well, rejection. Hmm. Okay. Well, let me ask you something, Mr. Agent. Do you have kids at home? Do you have a wife? Do you have parents? Do you have dogs? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not even, you don't even care about your dogs. Any responsibility. Yeah. You know, for, for me, that's the most selfish thing you can do is just quit. Because right. you're not only quitting on yourself, you're quitting on your family, you're quitting on, you know, your 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 kids, your parents, your dogs, your coworkers, your broker, your everybody. Right. Everybody wants to see you succeed, and you're sitting here, not making calls. You know, what I mean? like it, it. I I don't. I I can't relate with yeah. that. So it's hard for me to even fathom. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No. I I think you're right. You know, there's really no excuse when it comes to that because it's more of a persistence thing. You know, you're gonna have bad days. You're gonna not want to work some days. And that's just a mindset thing overall. I feel like it has, it has nothing to do with cold calling. It has to do with your mindset, which is the thing is, saying. man, is that you just, you just got to do it and have fun with it. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're making your calls and you know, people are, you know, you know, one call goes great. The next call doesn't go so great. And then you have a weird call and then you get off, you feel weird. And then you have another call and it goes great. You know, you know how many deals I've done where I went through a call session and you know the the 
thirtieth call was horrible, and I was I was like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, whatever. And then and I was like, no, nah, I'll just make a couple more. And then like two or three more calls into it, I get a listing or something, or I get like somebody that really wants to, you know, me to follow up with some stuff, or like I get a possible deal. Yeah. You know, you're always like one or two or three calls away. You never know. From something great happening. You know, here's yeah. the thing, man. When you make your calls, there is a. I don't care if you suck at making calls. There is a chance that you're that something's gonna happen. I've seen it, dude. I've seen people who are horrible at calls that that do great because they will just make the calls. Like people that are horrible on the phone do business because they just make the calls and they just there's a percentage of people that like every it's like it's like, you know, the fact that everybody has a soulmate. You know, like everybody has somebody. Right. You know, it's the same thing with this. It's like there's a percentage of people that are going to like you. There's a percentage that are going to not like you. There's a percentage that's going to hate you. There's a percentage that has another agent. There, you Makes know, sense, but yeah. that little slither of people who love you, that's who you build your business around. Bro, I made 100,000 calls in 15 years. I talked to 10,000 people, and 5,000 of them I had a great conversation with. That's, that's the general numbers when I broke it all down, right? Good numbers, yeah. I talked to 10,000, 5,000 I had a great conversation with. I picked up 5,000 emails through that 100,000 call run with no dialer, dialing with my finger. Mm. And people are complaining uh, yeah. in today's world when you – it took me all night to look up 100 numbers. and Now you can just click a mouse and get thousands of numbers and then click another button and, and dial 100 in an hour and a half. Right. That whole process used to take me 15 hours. Yeah. And now you can do what took me 15 hours in an hour and a half? Yes, you can't complain. And people are complaining about this, right? They're complaining about it when they could do everything that took me 15 hours, an hour and a half, and then have your whole day ahead of you. Hmm. It, that used to be my whole day. Yeah. And now you can do what I did in a day and then have your whole day ahead of you to do all kinds of other stuff. People just want reasons to complain, sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I, like I say, I can't really relate too much. Yeah. to people who aren't willing to get out there. See, these people that you're calling, they need your help. Like they want your help. Right. They're dying for your help. They're they're, you know, there there's people that need you to call them and help them through the process. Selling real estate, selling a piece of real estate is not easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for for somebody who's not a real estate agent that sells their own property, that is not an easy process. No. That's why they hire a real estate agent. You know, and so there's people out there that need help through the process. They're thinking about buying. They're thinking about selling. They need you. Why do they need you, right? Why do they need you? Because you are an honest person. You're hardworking. You're dependable. You want the best for them. You know what I mean? There's not too many yeah. people out there like you. You know, for all the people listening, like whoever's listening, you, you know, you know how good of a person you are. You know that you care about people and want the best for people. You know, and you know that you're going to take care of people. You're not going to do people wrong. You're not going to do anything shady. You're not going to do any gray area stuff. Everything's going to be by the book, and you're going to make sure that it goes smooth for them. And they need that. And you're taking that away from them by not reaching out to them to see if they need your help. You're literally letting them down. You're letting yourself down. You're letting your family down. You're letting everybody down (laughs) by not doing your job to reach out to these people to see what you can do to help them. Definitely. And what you need to do is just have fun with it. Hmm. Call, laugh, have fun, be in a joking mood. Yeah. You know what I mean? When people are mad, laugh it off. Say, oh, you know, it, it, you know, watch my videos of me making calls. Like I'm, I'm laughing at the people that are, <laughs> that are getting mean to me. Yeah. I'm laughing at the people that are, you know don't what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. laughing either way it goes. You yeah, know what I mean? Don't take it personal, no stress. And you're just, you know, you're having a conversation with people. That's all it is. Yeah. So I want to ask you. How did you come to this approach, this cold calling method, the way you talk to people, the way you communicate? How did you come to that? And in your first year or your first couple of years as an agent, did you come right out of the gate with the cold calling methods or were you trying other things and experimenting? No, I, uh, I uh, started out cold calling. Um, I started out with direct mail and cold calling. Okay. Right? Because there was no social media. There was no Zillow. There was no Facebook. There was no dialers. There was none of that stuff. There was barely email and internet, you know what I mean? Right. So um, it was direct mail, email, which I didn't. I wasn't doing the weekly email at the time. I didn't start doing that till my second round of getting back into the business and realizing that was something I needed to do. Yeah. But it was mostly direct mail and cold calling, and um, the way that I 
the way that I came up with this entire process and this entire system was literally through trial and error. Hmm. I, um, um, you know, it didn't all really come full circle and like come together like a puzzle until they're towards the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's it, a full picture. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was literally, um, it was, it was, it was like, um, let me fix this. Yeah. It was, uh, like, you know, when I got back in the business, like I knew that it was relationships over transactions, you know, and then from there, uh, I started doing the weekly email, you know, and then from there, I was already, you know, cold calling and doing direct mail, you know, and so like, I just kept going hard, 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 hard with that and kept developing these lifelong relationships. And I I started to accumulate these relationships Hmm. of people that just, you know, was like an extended part of my family, you know, like you could tell there was a really deep connection between me and my clients. And we, those, those relationships, the number of those type of relationships with my clients just accumulated over the years as my weekly email list of people grew and the closings that I had and how close I was getting with all my clients. And I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then, you know, it all kind of came to me there. Once I started selling a hundred properties a year, you know, that, when I sold a hundred properties in 2014, I made 600 K and the next year I was like, I want to do a million. And the next year I did this big grand plan to do a million. I'm going to make this many calls, get this many listings, do this, do this. I had an equation. I was like, I'm going to spend this much time. If I do these things and this is going to happen. Well, the plan I put together, you couldn't do all that in a 24 hour, you know, in 24 hour <laughs> period of time, you know, and you know, the yeah. time that you have, it was like way too much. I couldn't make that many calls. I couldn't do that much stuff. And so I became kind of, you know, frustrated, you know, I wasn't depressed. I was more like frustrated, you know, deeply frustrated, you know, like what is wrong with me? Why can't I make a million dollars? So I hired a coach and you know, for like four months, And what I realized was that, you know, (laughs) I'm doing all the right things. Um, You know, this guy kind of helped me realize that, uh, no, he didn't even do it on purpose. It was subconsciously because this guy was going through the same old, you know, regular coaching thing, expireds and all this and regular Mm -hmm. old scripts. And, you know, what I realized is that what I was doing was way better than what he was teaching. Mm. And I realized that, okay, you know, there's not a big secret to this. And that was the year I learned patience. And so it took me two more years to get to the million dollars. But long story short, once I got through that phase, you know, where, you know, I started selling the hundred and then got past the frustration of not making as much money as I wanted to make. Once I got past that and I understood all four parts of success, you know, it's believe, work hard, adapt and be patient. Hmm. And see, I had all the first three, but I was missing the patience part. See, to, to succeed, you have to have all four of those, right? If somebody's not successful or as successful as they want to be, I can have a five-minute conversation with you, and I can tell you which of these four things that you're missing. Right. You either don't believe, like really, really believe. You're either not working hard. Maybe you believe, but you're not working hard. Mm. Or maybe you're not adapting, right? Maybe you right. believe and you're working hard, but you're doing the same thing over and over again. You're not learning from your mistakes. You're not adapting. You're not tweaking. Or maybe... You believe you work hard and you're adapting well, but then you just want it too fast. No you know, patience. when you do something big, it takes a long time. No, oh, I don't yeah. care how you slice it up. You'll never do anything overnight that's big. No such thing as an overnight success. Ever, ever. I've never seen it. I mean, so I had to learn that last little part because I was doing the first three things really well. Yeah. But the last part was something that I had to learn. That was the last little lesson I had to learn that brought it all together. And after I experienced that for a year or so and coming to this place where there's a gray area between being really happy and satisfied and lazy Hmm. and being super motivated and and hungry and unhappy. Yeah. Because a lot of people that are super successful, hungry and motivated, they keep moving their goals out further and further. They get a little, they get closer to it and they keep pushing it down. They keep, that's what I was doing. Yeah. I hit the 600 and I was like, oh, the million. And then I kept pushing it out and it made me frustrated and unhappy. Yeah. So I found that there's a gray area between being like satisfied and content yeah, and also motivated and hungry for more. There's right. this gray area in between those two where you can be hungry and motivated, but still happy with where you are. Yeah. And that's, that's where, that's where you really need to be. Cause that's when you start enjoying the process. 
Yeah. You know, because most people don't enjoy the process. They want to be further than where they are yeah. all the time. And that's a real dangerous place to be because you're just unhappy and you're not enjoying anything. Right. It's like, right. why are we even doing this? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so for me, I like when I found that gray area, that's when it all came together for me. Mm. And that's when I started to visualize how I could actually share a system with agents, you know, based on calling property owners, doing a weekly email, you know, being, you know, the hardest working agent, um, you know, understanding all my philosophies and stuff. Yeah. That's when it all came full circle for me when I realized there was that gray area, you know, because that's what I was missing the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, that's awesome. It's amazing how much content you provide and how much free coaching you do. I mean, you preach it all the time, you know, don't pay for a coach, go with my free coaching program. How do you time manage with, what do you have, 30 pending deals? Well, I had 30. I actually closed, uh, let's see, two weeks ago I had 30 pending deals, and yeah. I closed three that week, but then I put like two or three under contract, and then I closed five the next week. So right now, and we closed like three, two or three or four today. I don't even That's know how awesome. many we closed, but I was down, Amazing. last week I was down to 24 okay. pendings, and then so... Like now, probably after today, I'm probably at like, but then we put one under contract. So I'm back and forth. Keeps yeah, going. yeah, yeah. But I was just looking at my board and literally like the latest closing we have is September 21st. Okay. Um, except for one, the one we put under contract today. So literally I'm closing all those deals like in the next two weeks that last one on the 21st is like that. Most of them are closing like mid September. Yeah. And our board is going to be literally wiped out. I'm sure I'll sell some more, but, yeah. you know, in the next two weeks. But, um, but <laughs> it's actually like when the pandemic happened, we had five pending, you know, yeah. like I've got down to five pending only like in the past, like six years, I've only got down to five pending, maybe like three times. Okay. Whenever I get down to five pending, I'm like, Whoa, you know, like, <laughs> holy, yeah, I'm, we've got to do something. We've got to get, yeah. Like yeah. I start freaking out. So the pandemic happened and I had like five pending and I was like, Oh, you know, you know, you know, we need to get some more under contract and stuff. And now I'm like, oh, like, yeah. you know, we got too much under contract. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. how do you time manage all that plus the coaching program? Well, man, I think there's a couple of things, right? The yeah. first thing is you got to have a really good assistant. You know, you got to have a, somebody that's like on the back end, really handling all that processing and admin and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, is that you have to get in the state of mind where you're not worried. Hmm. You're not worried about the pending deals. You're not, see, people spend a lot of time worrying about stuff that's never going to happen. Hmm. They're worried, like, if the inspection is going to go good. They're worried about, you know, they're, like, too proactive. They're like, they're, like, calling, you know, to check on stuff that it's nowhere even near ready to even check on. Like, they're checking on appraisals that aren't even ordered yet and yeah. it's like just let them order it whenever you know what i mean like that's their job they're 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 the lender they're the banker they know they know how to do their job let them do their job you yeah. go do your job and go get more deals you yeah. know what i mean and so i think agents are way too proactive on on the little things uh, around the deal for me it's like when i get a listing or a pending deal that deal's done you know like i got a list of pendings and listings um, like today, I went through today's Monday. I went I went through my list of pending deals and new and listings, current listings, you know. And I went down the list and I looked at all of them and I thought about who I need to contact and check on stuff, make sure everything's good. It took me like thirty minutes total to go through. I have like you know twenty something pending deals and about that many active listings. That's awesome. And like that's about as low as I've got on listings in a while too, and it's because inventory's so low. Listings are selling so fast. I mean, as yeah. soon as we list something, it's sold. Yeah. Um, so the market's moving really fast. You know, like I have a lot of buyers that would buy stuff. There's nothing but available. But there's, no, there no, there's nothing there. I was going to ask you that because that's the same how it is in Jersey. I was going to see, and I think it's, it definitely was due to COVID, a lot of it. Um, I don't know how the market is here and how different it is. But what I saw happening was in March and February when COVID started really striking um a lot of people pulled their property off the market but all these buyers were still looking and that's when the property started coming back on the market they were flying off because all these buyers were pent up for the last five months waiting to buy a house 
Is that the same situation over here, basically? Pretty much. You know, we're on the beach, so the beaches were shut down. Nobody was at the beach, you know, for April and March, half of, a- half of April and March. Yeah. So May 1st, they opened the beaches again. Okay. And so when they opened up the beaches, it was like it exploded. Yeah. You know, like May, the, our May was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it, it, it tapered off June and July, but then August exploded again. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, hence me having 30 properties under contract, you know, mid-August. Yeah. Um, so, no, dude, th- this is the best market I've ever seen. Right. You know, I've been through the 2003 and four boom. Um, I was I was here during the, you know, the rebound of 2012, you know, when the market came back after the, you know, it bottomed out in 2010 and 11. That was a really good market, the rebound, because things were so cheap. Yeah. And so people realized that, okay, it's rebounding. It's time to get back in. And mm. so buyers come out the woodworks and prices went up a lot that year. Yeah. The first year that it rebounded, that was a really good market. But this is the healthiest. This is the strongest. This is the most solid market that I've seen so far. Mm. And uh, the reason is, is because the, the biggest reason that I see is because of how strict lending is. You know, lending lending is so strict. Like it, you have to go through so much stuff to get a loan compared to what it was back in 03 and 04. Right. Right. Interest rates are so low, so it's making people want to do stuff. Yeah. And the people that are buying properties are end users. They're mm. people that are buying the house to live in. They're people that are buying condos on the beach to use and rent when they're not here. They're not buying them to flip. See, mm. in 2004 and three and four, people were buying things at these crazy high prices. And their, their whole game plan was is to resell it for 50000 more next month. You right, know what I mean? Right. And they were borrowing money. They weren't documenting their, their income. Mm-hmm. So banks were just giving them money without even checking to see if they could afford it. It's insane. And, for, and, and then their buddy appraiser was going to appraise it for this really high price. The banker would just tell his buddy what to appraise it for to get the loan done. Yeah. And then, you know, that can only go so far. That was literally a bubble. This is not a bubble. Now something could happen in the market or I mean something could happen. I mean, you know, like you never know. Markets can crash and stuff, but man, it is Booming. it is very solid. I mean, it, it's like healthy, you know, yeah. like from all fronts, supply and demand, interest rates, lending regulations, end users, the whole nine yards. The investors that are buying, they're buying to, you know, to rent. You know what I mean? They're not buying to flip. Yeah. I don't hardly see any flippers. You know what I mean? And that's a good yeah. thing. That is a good thing. Yeah, not many investors. I'm seeing a lot of first-time home buyers, a lot of stuff like that, like you're saying. So I, I, it's a very similar market, even though I'm so far away. It's it's the same in the whole country, man. Yeah, it's the same in the whole country. Interest rates are the same in the whole country. You know, lending restrictions are the same in the whole country. You know, uh, you know, supply is the same essentially in the whole country. Demand is the same. Yeah. You know, uh, there are some pockets like people are trying to get out of California. They're trying to get out of New York. New York. They're trying to get out of Chicago. They're trying to get out of some of these, um, some of these places that have become less desirable. Yeah. You know, through this, um, but you know that's only making these other markets even more. Uh, more busy and, and higher demand, you know, because because yeah. uh, where are those people going to go? You yeah, know, they're going to go to 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 the to these other markets, you know, like where I am, where you are. Yeah, um, you know, they're going to go there. So no, th- this is I'll I'll say this for people that have only been in real estate, you know, since 2010 or 11 or whatever, <clears throat> you know, they got in after that after the last crash. This is our like boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take advantage and, of and it. you really have to take full advantage, go all in, you know, you know, don't miss a single drop and save all your money. Definitely. You know, make smart investments, but keep a lot of cash on hand. I got, I got tons of cash right now. That's why I went and bought a Tesla. Cause I just <laughs> have a lot of cash. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and I, I'm, I'm buying a lot of stuff too. Like I, I bought a bunch of stocks today. Yeah. Um, I'm buying stocks every month. And I'm buying real estate every month. I'm buying real estate to, to hold, just to rent. Yeah. Um, you know, I bought this building. I'm, I'm buying stuff left and right, you know, but I'm also hoarding a lot of cash because, you know, I want to be, I want to have the upside if, if it, if, if the market continues to surge and I want to be ready to take advantage if a downside happens. So I'm in a win-win situation. You know, if you have assets, 
right now and you're positioned well with your assets and you have a lot of cash on hand, yeah, I mean, you're setting yourself up. Yeah. You can't lose right now. No, that's awesome. So you're heavily involved in investing. Mm -hmm. Do you do a lot of flipping or more so rental properties that you own? All the the above. above. I've got, I've got uh, properties that I buy and fix up and flip. Um, you know, I haven't, you know, haven't got my hands on a lot of those lately. Um, but I've probably done 30 of those over the past, oh, wow. maybe, maybe over the past two to three years, I've probably done 30. That's great. That's a big number. Wow. Yeah. 30. Uh, I've got two partners on that. Uh, we have a company and we, we buy, fix up, flip. Awesome. And then, um, uh, one of those partners, we also buy and hold you know, rental and yeah. commercial and all kind, all kinds of properties, yeah. condos on the beach, you know, single family homes, um, duplexes, commercial buildings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then I have a lot just on my own that I've just bought just, you know, by myself. So yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I want to get into. I mean, me and him have been talking about purchasing a multifamily home and living in half of it, renting out the other half for our first investment property. You should. Things like you that. Should, you should. You definitely should. You know, and then as time goes on, you can, you know, go buy a house, move out of that side, rent it. Now you're renting both of them and you got this other house. Exactly. You know, keep and then doing you just kind of keep kind of building your portfolio. Yeah. You know, one property at a time. But yeah, I mean, man, look, the name of the game is, is, is how many people we can help. The more people you help, the more money you make, hmm. right? The more time you waste on people, the more money you make. And then you take that money and you buy assets, you know, you buy properties, you buy stocks, you know, you just, you just buy, buy, buy. But, you know, when I lost everything in the crash, I learned how to invest, hmm. you know, cause when I lost everything, I knew what not to do. Right. You know, and what I did, what I did wrong was, is I over leveraged, which was really not my fault. When I look back on it, it was the bank's fault. They were giving me the money without me even having to to document what I was making. I mean, they didn't even know that I could afford what I was getting a loan for. Right. So in today's world, I don't even think you could do that really, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, you know, and, and in today's environment, you're not really buying things at, at retail prices to flip anyway. Everything's basically at a retail price. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, even the stuff that needs a lot of work, you can't buy it, fix it up and then turn around and have equity in it. Right now. Everything is selling above I mean, ask price. Even stuff that needs a lot of work is still selling close to retail value. Yeah, absolutely. There's no room for 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 anything, you know. So, yeah, you know, I for my flips, I buy on the courthouse steps, right? Sheriff sure, so. sale. So so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there. <clears throat> I'm right there buying them cash at the courthouse steps. I've already scouted out the properties. I already know what it's worth. I know what, you know, I know what, I know what my game plan is with that property. I know how much I got to put into it. I know what it's worth. I know what I want to buy it for and I get it or I don't. Hmm. And so that's how I do my flips that, you know, that's my short term flip game, you know, and then, and then my long term buy and hold and rent game, I'll just buy anything pretty much. You know what I'm <laughs> I mean, you just show me something with some numbers behind it. I'm, you know, Definitely. as long as it'll cash flow, I'm, I'm interested. Cause yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just sticking my money, you know, all over the place. But I think that's an interesting, you know, the side of a realtor who also invests, has rental properties flips. I think that's an interesting take and something that a lot of agents don't talk about enough. And, you know, I think a lot of younger people need to get involved in investing. I'll tell you one thing I really want to do is I want to, as I want to put together like a capital fund, you know, like okay. Grant has. And I really want to get into that game of taking, of, of creating the situation where other people can invest with me, yeah. you know, and buying these big properties all around the country. Right. You know, that, that's kind of what I'm, I've already started making steps towards that. That's, that's awesome. Some, something I really want to get into. So that's, that's coming soon. You know, just got to keep putting the pieces of the puzzle in place and awesome. you know, see that's how really far cool. I can take it. Nice. Well, we were talking about stocks a little bit earlier, so I, I have a lighthearted question for you. Do you have any stock picks for a new investor in the stock market? Anything you're eyeing? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of them, you know, really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I'm watching the stock market well, right here as we, <laughs> as we speak. I've got Exxon. Exxon's on the screen. I mean, you know, it just depends on where you are in your stock in your stock career in terms of buying stocks, you know, I mean, if you're brand new in stocks, you know, you just put money in. I mean, 
you know, if, if I would have known, <laughs> like I started buying stocks like maybe four years ago. Okay. You know, and you know, I was so oblivious to the stock market that I didn't even realize there was a crash in 2008. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's how far, like I didn't even know anything about stocks or anything. So four years ago when I started investing in stocks, there's a friend of mine, he has about 15 million in the stock market. And he's the one that uh, kind of pushed me to start on my own account, my Fidelity account, and start putting money in stocks and stuff. And, um, you know, um, when you're starting out, man, you it, like, <laughs> it was funny because, like, I put money in, you know, and then, like, things started coming down a little bit. And I took it all out, you know? Yeah. When I, when I should have left it in and bought more. I feel like that's what know? a lot of people do when they start because you don't, you don't get yeah, it. Yeah, you, you don't real you just, like, you don't you realize, like, you can't lose your money. I mean, you can if, like, a prop if, 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 a, if a company goes completely out of business. Yeah. But, you know, Apple's not going out of business. You know, Google's not going out of business. You right. know, Facebook isn't going out of business. You know, these, these patience companies. Patience game. What's that? It's a patience game again. Yeah, yeah. But if you, if, you, if you get back to the patience game, but also the not worrying game, mm. you know, and you understand, hey, you know, if you understand how the game of stocks work, you really, it's really hard to lose, to be honest with you, because yeah. stocks go up more than they go down. You know, they, they go up and down, up and down, up and down, but they go up more than they go down right. over the long term. Yeah, especially I mean, if you're smart with the ones you're picking. Right. Look at Warren Buffett, right? You know, Warren Buffett, you know, the Oracle of Omaha. That guy, you know, he, he – <laughs> look at what – like, look at his stock picks and the money that he put in and, like, how long he kept these different companies and stuff. And you just realize, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just really easy. It's easy money. Bro, it's it's you literally click a few buttons and make money. Hmm. You know, it, it's a lot easier than roofing houses, working on an oil rig, selling real estate. Yeah. And so if you it as you're going through your real estate career, if you can dabble, right, just dabble in the stock market and really try to learn it and to watch it, to watch all the companies, to see how it all happens, the ebbs and flows how everything correlates to what's going on with the rest of the world, with political and, and everything else and how it all ties in together. Yeah. And you start to realize the big picture of it. Then as you're going through your real estate career, at some point, you're not, I mean, you're going to retire at some point you want to have, Hopefully. Some, I mean, you, you I mean, you, you want to develop a skill, Yeah. you know, and like, okay, day trading for me, not a good idea. Right. I mean, it's it. That's literally like going to the casino and just put yeah, it all on black. That's how you know? I feel. You hope I win. I have a friend who does it. Shout out Tom Clancy, and he was doing it during COVID, and he was making money. And I was like, I can never do that. I, I feel way too risky about it. I know it. guys who do it. I know guys who do it. They short all day long. You know, yeah. they they short. They like they like they go in and they bet that it's going to go down for the day. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. they short. They trade shorts. Yeah. And um. You know, I know a guy who does pretty he does pretty well. I haven't talked to him in a while. I don't know where he's at right now <laughs> or anything. You know, but um but you know, and, and he's like he's like, you know, those long term investors, they're looking for twenty percent a year. He's like, I'm looking for twenty percent a day, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, but the risk reward. Right. You know, if you can stick something somewhere and not worry about it, you know, you know where you're gonna be over the long haul, even if things get a little rocky. Yeah. You know, if you get to where you understand the, the, the name of the game behind yeah. the stock market, then you can get to a place later on in life where when you want to slow down a little bit, you kind of got a little thing worked out where you have this little career <laughs> yeah, set up for definitely. yourself as kind of a stock yeah. manager, portfolio manager. It's of like a retirement fund right there. Yeah. A lot of people are like, well, you know, do you have a stock, um, whatever you call it, a broker? you know, that's handling your stuff. Right. Like, no, I do it. And the thing, they're like, well, you know, would you, would you, you know, you know, would you do brain surgery on yourself kind of deal <laughs> and one of those things, you know, like, yeah. don't you want a professional handling that? And for me, I'm like, okay, yeah. If I gave all my money to a stockbroker, sure. Maybe they would do better than I'm doing myself. I'm an amateur, right? Sure. But at the same time, I'm learning how to do it. Yeah. You know, like right now, this year so far, like I'm up 450 G's on the awesome. stock market right now this year, you know, it's amazing. even with COVID and everything. Right. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know, 
I've, I've learned like in none figuring, of, you're figuring it out. None of that was luck. Yeah. Like all that was complete skill. Yeah. And, and I even lost, I even missed out. I like, I should have went in with a few things that I held back on. Hmm. I could have been way up, way up, even way more than I am right now. Yeah. Um, but there again, I learned those lessons from missing those opportunities where next time I'm going to see that same little opportunity. I'm going to say, okay, here it's go time. Yeah, you know? exactly. So that's definitely yeah. a, a mentality of mine throughout my life is just, I feel like I produce the best and I work the best and the hardest when I'm throwing myself into the fire and just making myself figure it out, you know, just brainstorming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, the, the best education is through experience you know yeah, you got to have exactly you got to have podcasts and video and seminars and books and all that stuff you got to learn stuff from other people watching other people asking questions all that stuff but all that only takes you so far right you, you, you know you got to have the experience behind it too that's why people can't just come into real estate and even though they list watch all my videos and all these other guys videos and all this stuff they can't just come in there and just start boom just all of a sudden right sell a hundred properties. I've yeah. only seen one person do that ever. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of, you know, like learning from your mistakes and stuff, you know, to get yeah. where you want to be. Absolutely. All right. So for one final takeaway, I just want you to speak to all the agents out there who are struggling to get the ball rolling on their real estate career, whether it's, you know, making connections or just being unmotivated. What is, you know, your takeaway for them? Well, I mean, you know, it's tough because, you know, everybody has a different situation. You know, everybody has a different problem. Everybody has different um, reasons why they're not succeeding. They have different excuses. They have different, you know, everybody has different things going on. So it's hard to say, okay, this is my advice to all the agents out there not succeeding. But if I had to make just a general statement, yeah. you know, to, to agents out there that are trying to get started, you know, the, the main thing to me is, is go back and listen to this whole podcast and what all the stuff I said from the very beginning, everything that you're doing on a day to day basis is just set up the whole objective to everything that you're trying to do is just trying to get to a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And so why don't you just quit doing all this stuff to try to get to the conversation and just go straight to the conversation, straight to the source. Yeah. Like if you want to exponentially grow your business, right. And that's what you really, really want to do. Why, here, here's, here's something for you. All the people out there that, that pay for leads and, um, you know, do all this stuff to try to get leads and everything, this is what I want you to do. Hmm. I want you to, to, to get property owners' phone numbers, and I want you to pretend like in your head that that was a paid lead right. or that that was a Facebook lead or that that was a, a you know, open house lead or that was a, a, somebody called you off of a postcard that you missed their call and now you got to call them back. I want you to pretend like, this is, these are leads because the thing is, is these guys over here, these property owners that you're getting for two cents a piece are the most valuable leads out there. Yeah. They're the most valuable hands down. And I'll say it again, please, somebody hit me up, email, Instagram, wherever, and tell me something better than calling property owners that own the exact property you want to sell for two cents a piece and making friends with them directly to the source and doing a weekly email forever with everyone that you talk to yeah. connect with, you get their email, give me something better. Right. So, so, so check this out for the people that are struggling and stuff, right? If you per day, if you said to yourself, okay, I'm going to have five great conversations with property owners in my area. I never talked to before, right? Okay. I'm just going to work all day until I have five great conversations, right? That's 25 a week, a hundred in a month, Monday through Friday, a hundred in a month. Okay. 1200 in a year, 24 in two years, 36 in three years, you're one of the top real estate agents in the area at that point. Hmm. If you've went through three years and had 3,600 great conversations with property owners in your area, it doesn't seem like much. You're like, oh, you know, I'm grinding and this is a lot of hard work. And, you know, I talked to five people today. Whoop de doo. Nobody wanted to do anything. You know, that's, that's right. the kind of stuff you're, 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 you're running up against is, is I talked to five people. Yeah, we had great conversations, but nobody wanted to do anything. Okay, did you get their email? Yeah, I got their email address. I'm going to put them on weekly email and stuff, but nobody wanted to do anything, right? Hmm. But if you did that every day, Monday through Friday for three years, you would literally be out of nowhere. Nobody would ever see it coming. They'd be like, Where, where'd this agent come from? Yeah. You'd be the, the top agent in your market, one of the top agents in your market. And if you take it a step further like I did and just keep going, keep going, keep going, like I got to 19,000. 
I went till I had 19,000. I had 5,000 really good conversations with those 100,000 people. Right. And then that, and listen, when you get to a five or 10,000 on your weekly email, it'll organically grow from there because mm. from the 5,000 turned into 19,000 because the referrals that those people send you, yeah. the, the, the different, and, and see when you have a lot of listings online, you'll get organically, you'll get online leads. Yeah. People will call you, they'll see your listing online, they'll call you or, um, you know, one of these Zillow or realtor.com or yeah, they'll send you a little free lead here and there teasing you trying to get you. They'll be real leads. And so over, over the years through the referrals, the referrals of referrals, all the leads that come in from just having so many listings and stuff. That's how I got from the 5,000 to the 19,000. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you get to a five to 10,000 on your weekly email database of people that you talk to that, that you connected with, you know, you're, you're at a point there where it's going to organically blow up, yeah. you know, over that next three to five years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's kind of where it was for me. When I hit 5,000 or so in my weekly email, I hadn't made any cold calls since. I've, con- I've maintained my income every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I would say to the people that are uh, struggling and just kind of having a hard time with everything, I would look at them down their eyes and say, are you making calls? And they're going to say, no. I'm not. And I'm going to say, well, what are you doing? You know, oh, well, I'm working on my website. I'm doing some social media uh, ads. I'm working on my business cards. I'm sending postcards out. I'm setting up an open house and I'm doing all these things that aren't working. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, everything works. You know what I mean? But do you want exponential growth? Yeah. Or you just want things to just work? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to you have to go above and beyond and understand the reason for all that stuff is to create conversations. Why don't I just blow past everybody, you know, blow past all my competition and just have as many conversations as I can with as many property owners as I possibly can, because that's where the gold is. You know what I mean? No, I think that's great advice. I mean, I think even just you saying saying five conversations a day, that goal helps people visualize that they can do it because you know it doesn't sound like that much when you think about it but then over the years 3600 your database is gonna be huge and that's really really valuable stuff ricky thank you so much i'm glad to be here it was definitely worth the trip wish it wasn't in the middle of a hurricane right now yeah. we, we came down from pensacola down the shore it was raining. and the shore was it's beautiful all, all the condos and stuff it's so nice but it, you know it's raining obviously but definitely worth the trip uh i really appreciate you having me out here we got the whole crew here. It's been a great episode. Um, shout out to my channel where they can follow you and where you tell them about your coaching program. Okay. Um, in this, bam. No, I'm good. Okay. So, where do you find me? Just Google me, Ricky Caruth. But uh, zerodiamond.com is the best place. That's where the coaching program is, 90-day action plan. Finish that. Email me. We'll hop on a call. Talk about how it went, uh, the good, the bad. Um, I want to know more about your goals. You know, I'll give you a few tips and hopefully push you in the right direction. Um, That's all free. Okay? That's at zerodiamond.com. And I answer every message on Instagram at Ricky Caruth. He does. That's how I got here. (laughs) Completely free coaching. Make sure to follow him on Instagram and everywhere else. Thank you for watching. Make sure to follow us as well, Real Talk Cast on Instagram or my personal Instagram, MGreco Realty. And if you're watching on Apple, please, please leave a five-star review. I'll see you guys next time.